Momentum Volleyball is the online Canadian hub for volleyball storytelling, reporting, and event coverage, allowing content creators to connect with fans, coaches, and players. Momentum is the hub for athletes, coaches, and fans to find free and paid volleyball content, and we are proud to be the voice of Canadian volleyball around the world. Head to MomentumVolleyball.ca to subscribe for free and get access to exclusive content and all your Canadian volleyball updates. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sharp Cuts. My name is Garrett May alongside Josh Nickel. As always, welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining us. Today, we've got an extra special guest. It's another Josh, except Josh <laughs> Collins this time. So I have to make my immediate joke. Okay, now you talk, Josh. <laughs> Of course, you would do that, right? Okay, well, so Josh <laughs> takes the lead there early. Josh Nickel knows where his role is, and he does not talk immediately. So welcome to the show, Josh. There. Josh, I know you know how it works. Um, so let's let's jump right into this. I will foreshadow a little bit. So last episode, we asked for some comments and stuff, and we got more than we've ever gotten. So amazing. We'll touch on that later. We also want to touch on all sorts of stuff with you today, Josh, and I'm not sure if we're going to agree. So Josh, where are we starting? I've said Josh so many times, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think this week's guest, you know, gets a plus one Garrett because they came with a topic idea and I think it's a very interesting one. It's something that uh, certainly everybody on this. Do we value that in the guest? Before we get ah, into well, it, like we voted on our top best and worst guests. We did not bring up once who brought a topic. Episode. If it's a good topic, we appreciate it. If it's a bad topic, <laughs> we go, whoa, 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 you've overstepped. You've overstepped. You've done too much here. <laughs> but, but I thought it was an interesting one just talking about moving on from volleyball and how that can affect your identity. Because I think uh, I, I see it now more in my role as a coach when athletes retire and you take away the structure and, you know, what they're doing every single day and what they tell people they do and what they put on their Instagram bio. Like it, it just it takes up so much of your time and energy and it's everything you're about. And then when you move on, you kind of lose that structure. You lose maybe a risk of your identity. And I think it was a great topic for Josh to take care of. So just so our, our listeners background, uh, Josh, you played in the NCAA, right? I think you were an IPW guy, probably yep. some Maddie Z stories, or maybe we're compared to him a bunch as a Canadian down yep. there, uh, but played yep. pro, played one volleyball league and obviously moved on and got a big boy job in, as a teacher. But uh, maybe just take us through quickly your experience of when you decided to retire and, and how it kind of affected you that way. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did overseas for, for three years and it was one of those things where I would love to just keep doing it. And it, it got to a point where I would have, I would have loved to, but I had things in the back of my mind is like, I do want to settle down. I do want to, yes. while I'm still in that school mode, I would like to get my teaching certificate and degree so I can get that big boy job. Right. Um, and then the knees were taking a pounding, you know, overseas, you're not exactly taking care of the greatest at times and a lot of hard concrete floors that you're training on. Um, so, you know, I found out that I had, you know, um, my meniscus was flopped over for, for years and they completely removed that and I got nothing left and need injections now, but again, pain is just something that you kind of, kind of manage throughout that. And it's just another thing that comes along with it. But so did you um, feel like you could like, it was your choice, like, Hey, I'm moving on. Or was it like, I kind of got to it was a kind of a mix of a mix of both. It's like, all right, I've had my time. I've, I've enjoyed it. I'd love to keep going, but if I want to continue that other aspect of my life, I think now is the, this is my goal. I've achieved it. Now it's time to, to kind of move on. Super interesting, Josh, because you hit on some points that I definitely feel and some points that I definitely don't feel like that feeling of like, Hey, there's a life. 
Like life is a thing. And I know, Hey, I know it's blasphemous to say on this show. Don't give me that look, Josh. I know it's everything you do all day, every day, but I mean, even you got to start a family and do stuff there. Right. So like, I mean, life is a thing. So to say like, Hey, while I'm doing this volleyball thing, I can't really do this life thing. I totally agree. And I hate it so, so much. Like if, it, if there was a way to play volleyball at a high level, even professionally and still maintain some sort of life progression, so many more people would still be playing. Are you kidding me? Not even close. It'd be like double, triple, quadruple the amount of people we'd have still playing. Yeah, Garrett, did you feel that? Like when Josh mentioned he had to get the big boy job and get his teacher certificate, like I th- and it just like working at the OVA, you talked to a lot of parents and just talking to people about like employment. I don't think people mind hiring former athletes because there's a lot of soft skills. There's a lot of intangibles going there. But hiring a 35 year old who's never had a job because they've only been a professional athlete, like that's a bit of a Are risk. Are you right? calling so, somebody out directly with that 35 year old not have a job comment? Because like, let's name um, names I here. Might, thank you. I might be, I'm 37. You're not really on that spectrum because Garrett, I I would admit this. And I think a lot of our listeners did. You kind of left the sport a little bit early for where your potential was. Like, did you feel the pressure that like, if you wanted to have a career and a life and, you know, maybe a mortgage someday, beach volleyball was going to make that pretty challenging to do until you got a real job? Well, first of all, I'm not out of the game yet. Okay. And neither (laughs) is Josh. You never officially announced your retirement. Okay, We are both, Josh and I are both technically still in the game. I mean, still hanging on. Yeah. Like there's always a possibility. It's not over. Okay. So don't count us out, bud. Watch what you're saying there. Yes. I absolutely did feel that. Like, are you kidding me? hundred percent. No doubt. Like, duh. Like, that's a huge, huge problem. I mean, you mentioned the body thing, Josh, which was not an issue for me. That's why some people might say it's too soon. Like, oh, his body was fine, was still in shape, like it's still play. Oh, it's too soon. It's like, well, you know, there's other stuff going on. Like, I think people underestimate, like, and Josh, maybe you can speak to this. Like, if you want to play pro overseas, that's going to take you away from your home the other half of the year. And who's there? Your friends, your family, your life partner, maybe some kids happening there. And it's like, you got to leave all that to go do your job? Like, how is that sustainable? That's not sustainable. That's a massive understanding if you have that ability or have that relationship and yeah, you're gone for like nine to 10 months of the year. Uh, That's a, that's a lot to ask somebody to do. And and that's definitely not sustainable. Now, so Josh, was it easier though? Like I'm wondering you left because of an injury. Do you think that was easier on your mental state than like a coach telling you you weren't good enough? Like if you had to look back, are you listening to the guy? He already described to us. It was a mixture of both. You paint him with a broad brush here, nickel. I think I didn't I, exactly I didn't leave make this choice, but I he's think also not were, done. What are you talking about? We just said that too. Fair. <laughs> so when fair, I, when I, I did I soft retire, if somebody told me that I had to leave because of an injury, that would probably be easier on my ego than somebody pulling me aside and saying, listen, you're not at this level anymore. You got to go. Right. I would have loved to be that guy who came in and got paid the big bucks just to come for playoffs. I was never that big name player to get called up. I was always ready. It's like, Hey, Steve, it's like, come on, give me those contracts. What's happening here. And I never got those, those contracts, but it would have been so nice. Cause I'm prime. I'm fanatic about going in and working so hard for a couple months. That'd be amazing. But the long term or really takes its uh, overuse on the body, especially coming from the NCAA and, and, you know, coach ball, who is a well-known coach and that kind of drill sergeant mentality taught me a lot of great qualities. Um, but it was definitely harder on the body. And when you're going from that and continuing that overseas for a few years, you know, it kind of takes its takes its toll a bit. Yeah. Um, 
but the training aspect of things, I wish I was doing a lot more stabilization stuff on certain muscle groups in the, in the body. And I always worked, worked out and, and trained, but I wish I had it dialed in even just a little bit more. And I was that guy who was the first person in the gym and the last one to leave kind of thing uh, as well. But I wish I had a little bit more of that too, to maybe prevent uh, any future injuries. And, and I, for the most part, I'd say I've been pretty good at staying low on injuries or at least able to manage pain. Yeah, well, like the expectation that you should be able to play for nine months periods, like constantly playing league style format games and also practicing potentially five times a week is just unrealistic yeah. for anybody. Like those people yeah. who are injury prone, like you take care of your body. With my as well load as you management. Can. Yeah, like <laughs> I mean, how, how do you how are you going to do that? Like, sure, I'll go in and pass then pass like serve and pass five days a week. But if I'm going to go in there and like coaches ask me to jump, like how the hell am I supposed to do this for months at a time unless yeah. And the other thing you said was you wish you could still be doing it, which is kind of interesting because I don't feel that way. Like I miss playing and competing, but those feelings I get elsewhere in my life now and and always did. It was just the act of like actually bumping, setting and spiking a volleyball that you kind of miss, but I can still go and do that. Like, it's not like I don't have the option to do that. Same with you. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you, you go out there and play. I mean, we can't maybe necessarily go play right now <laughs> with everything that's going on, but we, we have Speak the ability to do that. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like I miss, I, I don't have that drive, like to stick around, like keep doing it. Like, Oh, I need it. I love it. I want to be the guy who's in there, which is just quite different. Like I was happy to walk away from that because to me it was exhausting, Josh. I don't know if you see that with guys like who are there now, I mean, maybe over one year, you don't see it, but over multiple years, it's like, that's a fricking grind of a life. It's a lonely time. Like you're alone for big holidays and like this, like Skype, Facebook, like those are your kind of taglines that you're holding on to, to have communication throughout the day. I remember being in Qatar and I was there for 10 months and that was a lonely time. (laughs) You know, that was, a, it was a lonely time. And I was there with Nate, Nate Groenveld and, you know, it was a, it was a tough season for us and it was a long time to, to be there, um, and away from family. And if you want to fly back home, like you got a contract where it's like a flight there and a flight home at the end of the season. If you want to go home, it's on your own bucks kind of thing. So that's a yeah, long it's, time it's a lonely to spend time in guitar. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come like March, April, it's hot. Oh yeah. I remember our, our car seatbelts got so high. You could burn yourself. Uh, my goodness. Like, and, and okay. So Josh, are you honestly going to go to kids playing club these days and say, yes, this is something you should aspire to do with your life. Like you should go and do this. Like, this is what, where you want to be. Cause like, I think you know, Josh, you guys discuss this. It's almost like if there was another alternative to maybe jump and land in a soft surface, maybe not be home away from home for nine or 10 months. Maybe stop it. Like stop it. No, I played like, beach too. Don't go there. Canada, the high level without being away from home. It's almost like if beach volleyball were a serious, Oh, maybe we should all play beach volleyball for Canada. <laughs> and then we would have this journey at a high level but not have the pains of indoor professional volleyball Garrett well if only there was another way there is another way and it's a great segue Josh I mean you are the king of segues but uh there is a way but we are doing it so terribly Josh and I'm I'm not afraid to say that I'm gonna say it to anybody we are doing a terrible job in this country of providing adults a place to play and showcase their volleyball skills in a way that other people find entertaining we do such a terrible job of it i'm like sorry if anybody's offended out there but that like how how can you argue with that every tour everything we've had 
has failed like spectacularly like the tour that my dad ran my biological father the the canadian pro beach tour which people think about in such a great light lost one million dollars like one million dollars my family was in trouble because of that like it did not go well like how are we supposed to make that happen forget beach for indoor like you get these all these pro players like how's that gonna make any sense for the like to have a life at home it, it I, I don't see it guys you took this to a very got, dark place i was trying to make this into a, commercial this to a dark place but uh, welcome you, you to sharp cuts josh <laughs> it is a curious question though because josh you played in the ncaa and i think you would have saw how popular the women's game is that it's just kind of mind-blowing that they don't have a professional women's league based on like the thousands of people who go watch like the big 10 every weekend right yeah absolutely even for us too like our gym gym holds like five thousand people in and we would pack it out most weekends Right. Especially for those big 10, like Ohio state, Penn state coming down, like we're packed in there. And you know, Indiana and IPFW uh, specifically is a volleyball university, right? You're going to pack those, those stadiums out uh, for sure. But yeah, we could have like Puerto Rico as the only place for professional volleyball in, in the States. It's tough. So you lose all of your good athletes to European countries or Africa, right? Where you have the ability or the opportunity to make some money. And if that's something that you have and you want to do, like literally I wrote myself a letter in grade seven of things I wanted to accomplish. And one of those was playing professional volleyball. And it didn't matter what contract it was. I was going to take a contract and go. And then once you're there, you can kind of establish yourself and, and build it a little bit, a little bit more, but it was a nice little, all right, I've done it. I've gotten there. Um, and it's a great to see, but I think the one volleyball was a great opportunity and, and still is. And we had some momentum there just with COVID slowing things down a little bit. Yeah, I do want to have one question about the one volleyball because when I was a part of it, it was at Ryerson. It was kind of a home base. They had the two courts going and I really enjoyed it and it was kind of routine and I know it favored the Toronto crowd, but I just thought like there was a feel at Matt Me there where the following year I wasn't a part of it, but you guys kind of traveled and how did you feel as a player and how do you feel like the fans responded where every week it was in a different gym and you kind of moved it around the province a little bit more? Yeah, that second year they had like those satellite ones. So everybody was traveling and I get it. You want to reach a different demographic. You want to give everybody a chance to come out and, and watch. And sure. Yeah. You have those late nights where you're getting home uh, kind of thing, but I know it's hard. It's uh, you want to have a hub. You want to have a, a place that everybody can go and, but it's not fair to everybody else outside, um, you know, the GTA. Yeah, I mean, now that we're on the topic, just for those who aren't familiar, the One Volleyball League was one that uh, was kind of started up by a few uh, folks here in Ontario to try to get a little bit of a professional scene going in Ontario. I mean, they do have something out west as well, and they kind of met in Edmonton uh, a while back to have kind of the yeah. showcase uh, tournament. So it's not like the effort isn't there. But I'm just curious from your perspective, Josh, because you played in it. And I mean, you played on a team that my biological father owned, um, which is a bit of an ego stroke thing to say as well, though, like. <laughs> in a minor pro league team like oh yeah i'm an owner oh yeah how much did you pay for that team i mean <laughs> so maybe i'll buy a team i don't know i can't buy a condo i'll maybe buy a team in the pro league but uh yeah. fr from your experience i mean do you think this is something that i mean sorry obviously we think this is something that's good and fun for a lot of people where do you think it needs to go from here sponsorships um you know, most professional teams are run on sponsors. That's where the funding comes from. Um, you need to have a clientele, it, it's fans. They're going to want to come out consistently. Um, and it's such a, 
to compete with basketball and hockey and baseball on the, the TV standpoint, um, it's almost, it's almost impossible to get into that, that, that area. But if you can compete on the YouTube, which they were doing, they're streaming live. And, you know, that seems like a, a great way to, to go, but the funding for it, you know, government funding, uh, the sponsorships from, from companies to see and to, to showcase these athletes who are phenomenal athletes, um, who we lose to, you know, are you including yourself in that, uh, in that assessment of the, uh... I, won't, I won't include myself in there. You can, you can, you can let other people throw me in there, but <laughs> okay. We it's will honestly, exclude you from been... that group of phenomenal athletes. <laughs> I mean, you said it. <laughs> so, hey, all the gold baby. So you, but you played overseas. This is this is what I'm saying. I think you're uniquely qualified because you've seen what it's like when it's. And I'm not saying all the pro teams you're on were like successful businesses, but they're at least yeah. around. Like they're not losing a ton of money and falling into like debt no. and like just going bankrupt. So like, what what's the gap there? Because obviously we need some eyeballs. Like we need mm. to get some eyeballs on there. But I mean, how do you make that happen? Like, how are these people bringing it? People just show up to the gym when there's games. Like, what's like? Is there any initiatives like are there any strategies we can take over josh yeah that's a great question that's a that's a mad oh, wait what's josh <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i was pointing it at you josh but i'll just leave it over to anybody to really chime in because it's an empty void that needs to be filled with some strategies about how the heck are we going to get because we have people who watch this show and listen to this show about a couple hundred every week tune in and listen to the show but even myself how many one volleyball league things that I show up to? I'm a fan of volleyball. I'm a member of the community. Maybe five ever of the hundred that have been run, right? Like, why? Why am I? Not, how many have you been to, Nickel? Like, I don't know. Yeah, Josh, you better answer this one because I, I'm taking a very pessimist view. Where if you ask Passing Dimes to buy a team or sponsor the league, I'd be like, "What's in it for me?" And we're a volleyball <laughs> show in the volleyball community. We're like, "How do I make my money back?" Like, that, that would be the question I would have right away. Yeah, Nichols, our lead negotiator, when we're looking to buy a team in this future, this upcoming. Don't tell league me year. all clicks and views and all this stuff. Like seriously, I'm giving you X number of dollars. I would like to make those dollars back somehow. <laughs> Like there's that no a, way. That's a challenging question for sure. So classic on this show, we really have no solution to the problem that we've posed. Just more I mean, questions. We need to get better here, Josh, on figuring out like <laughs> solutions before we start posing all these questions. I mean, I think the YouTube is a good suggestion, but I've been at the YouTube game for a long time. Yes, guy gaming, subscribe if you haven't already. Um, it, it's <laughs> it's a really tough game and it takes time and consistency and reliability and social media work to get those eyeballs in. And it, it, it's a really tough thing to do. People just assume it's easy. And I do hear all the time, and Nickel, you probably know a little bit more about this, is just the instant turn to, oh, we need sponsors. We need more sponsors. Let's get the sponsors. Yeah. And it's it's true. But I feel like it's also like, well, hold on. Is it the chicken or the egg here? Like, I feel like we need to actually have a, an entertaining product that people can be monetized before we even approach a sponsor. Yeah, like when Josh talked earlier about like having fans and have them want to be a part of it, I think that has to come first. And the reason I say that is there's thousands of kids playing volleyball in Ontario and to get them out, to make it a good time, to have Garrett on the mic and a DJ and like make it like this atmosphere. I think then a sponsor would be like, oh, this is something I want to be a part of. But to ask for money and then have 13 people in the gym and like not deliver on it, then you just ruin trust and they don't want to come back. So uh, I think first and foremost, we got to crack the code of why do so many people enjoy volleyball to like play and hack around, but they don't enjoy watching or 
having a favorite player or watching on YouTube. Like there, there just seems to be a weird disconnect there. You know what? I think I got it. We need to get sharp cuts on the live stream commentating on the games. Absolutely. I mean, I think we've solved that. There's the solve right there. John, we can save the sport is what you're saying. We can do it. We can save the entire sport, Josh. And we need your help, Josh Collins, to get us in there and give us the edge. You got to put in the good word for us if you're ever lingering around. Like I said, we've known. Josh and I are not out of the game entirely. Like we still, hey, if you're in there, you got to say, hey. Get sharp cuts in here. It's yeah. going to elevate things to the next level. It would mean a lot coming from a player of his status who's just like just on the outside of the elite players, you know, Gary, he really has a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, hey, self-proclaimed. We've self-proclaimed. <laughs> self-proclaimed. Okay, so we're not going to solve that, it sounds like. And I'm disappointed because I was really looking forward to. But so what's the vibe like then, Josh? Because well, you obviously have no, a ton. Oh, we can solve it. No, I think I think what they had they had some good momentum there, and for to have something. No, that's another company. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> plug. That was a plug. <laughs> um, you know, they had that three years under their under their belt, and literally COVID put a, a halt to it, unfortunately, and it was starting to gain and you know get more people and get. Did a you fan see that? Like you and, saw it, it getting better. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was a great, and you know, every new business obviously has to go through that infancy stage of those struggles. You know, no company has ever been, you know, shot up right from the get go. It all has to go through that. And they were going through that and they're starting to go through that. And, you know, that's the only way we're going to, we're going to progress is by powering through those and learning what's working, what's not working, try some things, try some things that you've never done before and, and figure it out as, as you go along. So, yeah. I mean, that's a really positive view, Josh. And I think you're bringing some positive energy to this show, which is, and you don't like it. is lacking it <laughs> severely. I mean, but also we've had some comments being like, you guys are being way too positive right now. And it's like, it's called sharp cuts. So, okay. But uh, so to get a little bit darker, as Josh mentioned, I like to do. Um, I found a big problem with that. And we've touched on it before on the show. And I'm curious, your perspective is, Whenever I came in to observe or to try to help out, like I volunteered and did some commentary a few times, like I, I felt this resistance of people. And it's the same attitude that Josh Nickel mentioned earlier was what's in it for me, like kind of the short sighted view of like, hey, I want a big chunk of that if I'm going to be a part of it and help build this thing together. And, and there's kind of a, a distinct lack of goodwill amongst the people who are most keen to push the volleyball agenda forwards. I'm curious if you've ex experienced that too. I, I don't know if we should name any names because we don't want to burn any bridges, but I feel like, you know, you want to try to get something going with somebody and it either fizzles out because it's there's there's flaky people or it's always like you can never make it work because there's too many cooks in the kitchen. Right. Right. That's a tough, like, you know, what can they offer right now? Right. Everybody is trying to be like, it's, it's a, one of those going to take a village type thing, even though there's names on the, on the board or in the, the ownership or whatever, whatever it is, you know, it's really hard and it's going to take a lot of people wanting to help out as much as they can and not looking for a lot right now. But like, are people looking for instant gratification? Like, are they looking for something right now? Or is it like, hey, if I stick with this a little bit, long-term down the road, this could really lead to something. 
Yeah, no, it's a good point because it's true. Like, and I, I gotta say, I gotta compliment. I mean, it, I know it's sharp cuts, but I gotta compliment Josh Nickel on here. You talk about somebody committed to the long term grind. I mean, it's Josh Nickel. Are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> dude, you are. And hey, we've been at this for a while. Like, as if Josh is the only guy who's not flaky at all who I've managed to get on my side and us working together. So, kudos to Josh. But you're right. It's like it does take a village, and I always find, I always find like. If I say, hey, yeah, I'll volunteer some time. I'll do some commentary. I'll do whatever. I'll just show it on my channel. Like maybe there's some easy, uh, easy things there. But if it's about money, it's like there's no money. Like you can't get any money out of this. Like you're going to have to do a little goodwill, a little goodwill to get things going. And I don't know what we can do to like improve that because it feels like to me, the volleyball hustlers out there are lacking severely goodwill. Well, I think when you when you mention that, Garrett, what comes to mind are, are the camp scenes in Ontario, I think, do a great job of this. Like Celtic, uh, Josh, I know you're a big part of, or I was at Madawaska for years, and I think the pay isn't enough for the coaches to go for that, where I think there's like a mutual benefit or there's just like a genuine joy that comes from it, or or maybe we feel like we get as much as we give for the environment, where maybe camps have kind of hacked it a little bit, where like even though like you're, you're not taking all the credit, like I said, the money's not there, you feel like you contributed that and you got a heck of a lot of out of it, right? point. Yeah, but like, how absolutely. do we attach that to like a league though? Right. Like Josh, you've been a part of Celtic. Like I said, like when you leave there, I don't think you're like waiting for that check to come in the mail. Like, Oh, this is going to be so great. It's like, I just had a great time there. Like, absolutely. It's probably one of my favorite weeks of the year, right? You get to, you get to go up there. You're being, you know, a lot, a lot out in nature. You're outside all day long. You have the camp atmosphere, the evening campfire, stuff like that, the social aspect in the evening, and then a ton of volleyball on the grass and the beach all day long. And you're with a lot of like-minded people who want to have a great time there. So you leave there energized. And for me, I would take that over that monetary pay. I still want to get paid, but (laughs) (laughs) don't get me wrong. Like, but it's such a, it boosts me. It fires me up to go back and continue with that passion and that drive for coaching and for teaching and whatever it is. Right. That is such an excellent point. You guys like, are we bringing intelligence and knowledge on this show? I'm incredibly shocked. Like, so of course, like, but you can see that when, so what days did you play your pro games on when you were overseas, Josh? Most were uh, Fridays and Saturdays with the odd Sunday in there randomly. Right. And You're the playing odd, Friday the and Saturday yeah. night. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't compete like the, the night of the week, you can't compete with anything else, especially in North America on those nights of the week. Yeah. Like, well, but, well, but it makes sense though, because like, Hey, if you're going to go out, if you're going to go have some drinks, if you're going to go come to this game, I assume yeah. they sold booze in the arena. Yeah. Yeah. So like, come to the game, the have East. a few drinks, <laughs> maybe a meal, then, then yeah. head out. Like that's an easy segue yet. That yeah. has seemed to be such a huge challenge for us, especially on the beach too. Josh is like, that's a near impossible thing to like get done, right? Like to have an evening thing. And then you're asking people to come Saturday during the day. That's probably an easy sell, but your metal matches are on Sunday. And it's like, who's trying to like get amped and get going on a Sunday? Like nobody, right? 
Right. Yeah, I think Beach has tried to approach this, and, and obviously, Gary, you saw it a little bit in Edmonton, and obviously the FIB, like the major series, they tried to do it a little bit more corporate, where like, uh, if you watch like King of the Court, you can buy a box, it's a little bit more comfortable, I think the food's a little bit better, where like comparing what I was doing at the OVA Beach Tour and asking somebody to give bring their own lawn chair and spend a day there, like there was, there was a cool feel to it, but it wasn't comparable to like, if you're going to like sit in a nice chair, somebody's going to bring you a drink, like it's a little bit more comparable to like a Raptors game than like, uh, it, it really is like pushing the entertainment value, where uh, I think there's listeners out there who probably think like the bring your own lawn chair beach thing is the cool thing to do where I think the the shift there is if you're going to charge money there has to be like an experience attached to it and a certain level of like professionalism too yeah but so right. circling back to what we talked about earlier like imagine if you get a case of beer or something and you say to folks hey we can't pay you we don't have any money but come on have a good time do x for me do y for me we'll have some beers we'll have a good time like you get people coming in you save money there and then it makes it the product that much better i find that's a huge thing that's missing in some of the things we do like you talk about the ova beach events or this one volleyball thing or some of the other kind of events we see is like who's there helping it to be a really exciting time for the people it's like no because there's nothing really there's no action there you know what i mean Right. I mean, like that, the baseball side of things, right? The baseball, I would, I would say is very social in the fans, right? And they don't even realize there's a baseball going, game going on behind them, right? Like that's <laughs> the kind of atmosphere you want, I guess, to, to have, like draw people out for a really, really good time. It's like, oh, there's some cool volleyball going on there. Yeah. I find that the, on a good day, the Rogers Center is the biggest bar in Toronto where like if I go with my brother, we might spend a little bit extra and like get good seats and just talk about baseball. If I go with my wife and her family, they got to buy a T-shirt. They got to go see the DJ on like the flight deck floor. They got to, you know, buy the baseball cap with the ice cream. Like they're just like a consumer's dream where I think to them, they don't care. They don't even know who won or who's playing, but like there, there's a nice mix of like the hardcore fan and then the people who just want to spend the day outside. And that's like the event to do. Okay. Well, I will put it out there right now to anybody listening. If you're hosting an event, well, see, we live in different places now, Josh, this is the problem. But if you're hosting an event and you have money, nobody has money. If you're hosting an event, Josh, Nickel, and I will do our best to live commentate any volleyball match you're looking for. And it sounds like Josh Collins is in, if you can give him some food, some outdoor atmosphere, some coaching ability, he's in for that. It sounds like too. Let's go. I'm ready to go. So that's how you win us over anybody out there listening. I think there's maybe a few folks who've been challenging us a little bit, Josh, but travel piece is a big one, but Hey, we'll, we'll get over that hump, right? We can overcome that. If there's some opportunity to commentate on some volleyball out there. What if they build a permanent stadium at Ashbridges? Whoa. Do you think that could help? So that's that's a next level thing. Like my dad's been involved in some of the business stuff there for a long time, and it is a complex web of different right. things going on. That will maybe never happen, which is so sad. <laughs> it's so sad, to be honest, because it'd be so cool. You have a big volleyball stadium in there. It'd be awesome, man. Yeah. Well, we solved that, it sounds like. Just invite Sharp Cuts in to do your commentary and everybody's going to have a great time. <laughs> right? Sharp so, Cuts and a per diem for like three of our friends who are also players like Josh who we can bring. No, there's no like, money though. There's no money. Nobody's got any money. I can't have, like we <laughs> already established that. Can't work. Swag. So uh, to revisit a point we were talking about earlier that I, uh, I think we kind of glazed over is um, the, the thing that I found most challenging. And it, we talk about it a little bit, too, because we talk about these tours and it's like, man, people who are in volleyball are very much volleyball people. But when they step outside of that, like and Josh, you're coaching volleyball right now. I mean, Josh, you're a teacher. So like when you step out of volleyball, you know, do you 
you obviously bring with you that athlete, that volleyball person identity. Um, and I definitely feel that too, but I'm curious from your perspective, like what does that look like? And for me, it's, it's not been the easiest transition, like to bring that athlete identity out into the rest of the world. It's not often met with like exactly like, Oh yeah, you're amazing. Which you maybe kind of expect sometimes. Yeah. That, that, that transition from player uh, to coach is, is a tough one. I remember when I first finished at um, Indiana, I went and coached at Indiana tech and did a season uh, there and I loved it, but it was, I still had that itch and it was like, I, I got to get an agent. I got to go overseas. I got to take care of this. And until I did that, um, you know, I, it was difficult to step into that coaching role so quickly after, after being done, done. Playing. Right. But so when you step into the classroom though, are you still athlete teacher? Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. There's so many great qualities of being that athlete that has gone on and, and done stuff at a higher level. I'm still learning stuff that, you know, coach ball has taught me to, to this day, those, those, those kind of mentalities and values, uh, you know, Coaches really care about who you are 20 years after you're done playing, you know, in the NCAA or whatever it is. Like, that's a real coach. If you have somebody that's like who you are 20 years later, then you know you've done a good job. So you feel so like. Josh, though, I got to know. I got to know when you're talking to other phys ed teachers or you're around other people and they see your body type and they say, oh, you say, I, I played volleyball. Are they like, really? Like, you didn't play rugby or you didn't see something like more physical? <laughs> do, you, do you ever get that? They're like, oh, you were playing volleyball? Do you get that a lot? Is that <laughs> I'm an upside down triangle, man. I, 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 have, I have skinny, skinny legs, <laughs> thicker up upper body. Good thing I can jump. I always have to tell kids like, it, you know, that whole fixation on body image and what things look like, you, you know, you can't judge anybody by that, that physical appearance of somebody. Cause you know, I have the strength there for sure. So you're Maybe saying not the big, <laughs> you're saying that being an athlete and being a coach of athletes has made you a top tier teacher. I think it's definitely helped, uh, especially relating and having maybe different styles and formats to, to relate to students on an athletic side. And me being in phys ed, teaching phys ed is definitely a great, um, you know, parallel there too as well. Yeah, that is a pretty, I can see the parallels there for sure. Now, I'm curious from both of you, and I'll, I'll share too, because like, you know, the, the volleyball athlete identity is a tough thing to shake, right? Like, especially if you grew up in it, like if you grew up playing club, like a lot of our listeners potentially, or if you maybe kind of came to it, but have been in it a long time, like it's a tough thing to shake when you go out in the world, like you're a volleyball player, like you're a volleyball athlete. Yeah. I find that that has had its pitfalls for me as I've headed out into the world. Like I work in the, the tech world in, uh, in game development and it is such a strange thing. Like my, the things that I valued bringing to my team in sport are like kind of not valued, like the amped up, like, let's go, like bring in energy. It's like, Whoa, for what man? Like we, we got a five day work week to go. Like, what is the point of this in some ways? Like, I'm curious your guys thoughts on that because I, I've struggled immensely being like, damn, like, did I waste my entire life here? None of this seems to really help me out. Josh, you want to take that one to start? I'm trying to think. There's got to be some soft skills that overlap, Garrett. But what I was thinking, like transferring from athlete to coach, I think. Well, you are not you... in the real world yet, though, Josh. 
That, that's true. But I think what, what's weird with the transfer is as a coach, you kind of enjoy the struggle and that you're never done and you're always planning the season. You always want more, more, more where I find as an athlete, sometimes that gets really miserable where it's like, it's not enough. Like Garrett, Oh, I, I want to make the national team. I did that. Oh, I want to go to worlds. I did that. I want to win worlds. Well, I did that. And it's like fleeting where there's always like, I got to do more. I got to do more. Like, when do you find the time to like appreciate what you accomplished where I find with a coach, because you are on the building side, like it's almost natural to think like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. But as an athlete, like, do you ever just look around and get frustrated and be like i've done all this stuff but i feel like i need to keep doing more dude that is why i got out like that is the <laughs> biggest reason why i got out because in my work life and maybe josh you can relate to like i guess teaching and coaching are kind of in the same vein a little bit but for me it's like when i when we release a project that project exists. It's not going anywhere. It's out there for life. Far Cry 6. It's a game I worked on. You may be seeing the commercials on TV for that game. <laughs> I am in the credits for that game. Like that is never going anywhere. Whereas my world championship victory, like it's gone. It's never coming mm. back. I can't go back there. I can't play that again. Like it's so fleeting. So that is the thing I probably like the most. But the problem is, is that like, I'm trying to celebrate the huge moments, whereas everybody is just so used to like, no, daily steps forwards, whereas I'm like, no, this is huge. Like, let's go. And it's like, no, nah, I mean, yeah, we did it, but we'll do another one. It's kind of like ah, that hits me in the mind big time. I guess it's all in the mind. That perfectionist kind of, you know, seeking more and never satisfied, you know, as an athlete, that's, that's kind of part of the job description. You always got to, always got to be training for more. There's, there's always someone else doing what you're not doing right now. You know, Lloyd Ball told me a quote one, one morning and um, he's like, you know, if you're not in the gym, if you're not training, uh, someone else is and your competitors are doing, are doing that. And that kind of stuck with me for, for a long time. And it wasn't until I went through like that whole, athlete identity, who you are, like beyond what you do. Um, I was always training for something. I've got to be competing in something. And trust me, I still have that itch and I still need to be training or competing for something right now, but it's more from the standpoint of pure joy. I love it. It has nothing to do with accolades, has nothing to do with how high I can, I can go. Uh, it's just a pure joy of playing the game that I love. I grew up with, um, training for something to get, to get better at it not to take it somewhere else. Just what that pure joy brings to you going through that process. Yeah, um, for sure. And that hard work thing, I think is a great lesson to learn as an athlete and probably a great thing to kind of teach kids, kid athletes, or, you know, to really be constantly trying to better yourself. Self-improvement is a huge value, I think for myself and sounds like for you because of our history and athletics. The one thing though, that when I've hit the real world, it's total, like, it's honestly not how the world works in many ways, which yeah, is so they see numbers. They see you need to be earning this much. You need to be making this much. You have to hit this. You got to look like this. You yeah. got to talk like this. You got to do this. Yeah. Like, oh, no, you don't get into university unless you have 99% average. Like we're so fixated on those numbers that it takes away from the process that goes into it. And kids see that, like, I totally get you. We're backwards. Yeah. Right, of, of our mentality and what we're, what we're truly wanting. Like, I wish we could assess character development over a, a mark, a number, right? How much have you grown this year? Yeah. That's what I truly would care about. And like that pays off in those numbers. Yeah. Right. But when you get fixated on a different thing first, doesn't allow the other thing to progress. And yeah, man. Yeah. Like the right. amount of people I've seen fail upwards 
or like I encounter somebody who, because of my athletic background, I look at and I go, this person's a director. They should be on the hierarchy this good, right? Because they're, I don't know, third from the top or whatever. They should be this good. And they are not. They're just a person who's just happened to be doing that job and they're nothing special. It just kind of broke my entire like foundational <laughs> system I used in my entire life growing up. Cause it's like, if you work hard, if you you're, you're talented, you develop that talent, you'll be the best. You'll win. The winner is the best. You know, it's like, well, in, in life, it just doesn't work that way. And I just get so sad sometimes. I, I, I am taking this to a dark place, Josh. I'm sorry. I just get so sad when I look and I around and I go, damn it. Like, I can't just outwork these people. I've got to also be smart, which is something I think we do a terrible job of, of teaching people how to behave in our sport, I think, in the sport in general. Like, how many times, Josh, are you going through, like, you go a lot through tactics, but how often do you go through like actual application, like application stuff, like in this situation, do this. Is that like a part of our training? Uh, is uh, we're big into like, if this, then that statements. And then you kind of like broaden it out and you want to see and like late decision-making, but uh, to circle back to your earlier point, just about like hierarchy, like when I uh, had a desk job, Garrett, I, I thought like one cool thing as an athlete is you get that instant feedback that if you work hard and you get the result, like you get that instant rush where like, if I sent a uh, hundred emails in a day at the OVA, nobody's telling me like, great job. Yeah, like, did you do a good job? Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and like, you miss that part of like, sometimes in sports, like you work so hard and you get that reward, like you get that like rush out of it and it's like the best feeling ever <laughs> like you join and, and you work really really hard and like your boss just thinks like well that's what you're supposed to do you don't get thanked for showing up on time or working really hard it's just kind of like that was a little disappointing where we're like I, I know sport comes with some some you know loss or injuries and all that stuff but that was one thing that I really enjoyed is that you typically got in what you would or got out what you put in where in the business world sometimes it's kind of like no no one's going to acknowledge all the cool stuff I just did like <laughs> yeah man it's it's a pain. You know, though, the one place you do kind of get that is is on YouTube with our comments and views. <laughs> like if we put out a bad episode, it reflects in the numbers like no, no doubt. Like if we suck, like our lowest watch episodes, we got to look critically at and the highest watch episodes. you go, OK, I mean, people like this. So we I did say at the beginning Josh, I know this is going to be out of context for you and maybe for some of our listeners, but bear with us here. I feel like some of these deserve to be shouted out. So for context <laughs> for Josh Collins here and any of our yeah, listeners yeah. who didn't see last episode, we it was just Josh and I. We totally we totally blew it and had no guest. So we went through a bunch <laughs> of our old episodes and some of the old sharp cuts and kind of brought them up. So we were asking people and we threw out some sharp cuts at some of the viewers, <laughs> some people that commented. So we got some responses back. So we're still going. But um, we put out a poll for who was the best and worst guests of all time. And Josh, do you think I should announce the winners? <laughs> I think so. I think the, the listeners who are, are interested in participating in this poll already have. I feel like it's a closed poll now. Well, I, and I'm I mean, glad it's done. It's you over can, with now. You have the results, right? Yeah. I mean, you can see also. <laughs> yeah. Press the company vote. excluded, except Garrett yeah, and I, yeah. we, we nominate ourselves for worst guests. So, so yeah. Josh, 
You and I did not get a vote. Yes, guy. We avoided <laughs> getting a vote. We are pristine. There's so, so many people I'd like to thank right now. So for the <laughs> for the singles and singles of voters that we had, I have no smaller deno- denomination than tens. But for the few people who voted, Logan Mend was voted as the worst guest on Sharp Cuts history. You know what? Applause to you, Logan. We need to have you back on to redeem thyself for... What is it shown to be the terrible performance? Second place, John May. I mean, <laughs> he was thrown under the bus by me a numerous times, so I may have to call him and apologize. Otherwise, he's going to ground me. I think um, I watched that episode and I was like, ooh, this is deep. <laughs> deep as in <laughs> terrible or? Ouch, this could go south real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and it did, but only Big for personalities. Sec- only worth second place. Um, we also had to vote for our best guest ever, and it was overwhelmingly Victoria Altamar. Well done, V. I mean, we need to have you back on. I guess that was a great episode. So thanks for voting, everybody. You can still vote. And maybe, I mean, if a bunch of people go back, maybe this will shift, but probably not. Um, But we did have a bunch of comments. One from Ben Saxton. He said, just glad I didn't make the cut for worst guest vote. And you know what? We're, we're thankful too, Ben, but maybe we should reconsider now, actually, that you. <laughs> Whoa, hey, no, he's he's been probably the biggest guest on both our platforms. He's probably like, I think he's been on Passing Dimes three times. He's been on Sharp Cuts twice. Like he's, that's a five-time guest you're talking about, Gary. Right, but one <laughs> of those has got to be maybe pretty bad. Uh, maybe, and when we talked about leagues earlier, we didn't name drop, but his uh, NBVL is doing quite well. I, I know it's like a little bit on the smaller scale, but it's growing every single year. Like he's doing great things. Like he's got a pretty good following. I think maybe he could come on and maybe give us ideas how to solve our own problems. Yep, this is true. Now, now we get into the really deep cuts. So I called Kerry Gagnon out pretty heavily <laughs> in the last episode and, because he called us out. Now he wanted to set the record straight. He said he loves us and what we're doing with his Canadian volleyball pod. Carrie, we love you too, man. I mean, absolutely. But you're not going to lull me into a full sense of security here. Garrett, come on, buddy. You always say that for you to be your best. The guys lined up against across the net need to be the best. Olivier helped us step it up because he's worthy competition to be across the net from us. I mean, I think that's a valid point by Carrie, 100%. But this is where, this is where, it gets weird. He said he didn't let us off the hook or give us lip service. I'm pretty sure he gave us lip service. We ask everybody at the end how they thought the episode went. And they said they always say it went well. <laughs> so, Josh, just keep in mind when we get to the end of the episode, you better right, tell right, us right. that the episode went I'm well. I'm writing those words down right now. But I'm going to rep- reply to that comment, Garrett. We got to get back. I mean, this we got to start something here. Canadian uh, volleyball show. Are we global, Garrett? Are we worldwide? <laughs> yeah. What is this? <laughs> Are we global? I I don't know. I don't know. The I, internet's global? I mean, Josh played in Qatar, so does that make us global? I don't yeah. know. Tag someone over there. I, I don't I don't really know. Okay. Also, Derek Dedman, I called him out. I said, Derek, you chirped me. Are you going to double down or are you going to apologize? And he replied and said, if Garrett wants an apology, he should come to Dead Man's Beach and try to win it on the court. And that is the kind of call out that we respect (laughs) on this show. 
I mean, absolutely. We need some more of that fight, uh, feistiness on the show because Josh Nickel definitely is not bringing it. I mean, he's sitting on the fence with everything. <laughs> and we had a, another comment from Tim Stubbs. And Tim, thank you for the comment. We called him out for saying that his wife approved of the show. And he said, shout out, gentlemen, marriage remains strong and his role as domestic manservant stands within the household. In part, thanks to us. You, I mean, thank you so much, Tim, for listening. Uh, <laughs> Keep your families together. I mean, if you're listening while you're on your car ride, doing laundry on the subway, doing something else on a bike ride, I don't know. Thank you so much for listening. I can't believe you still are because I don't even really know where this show is headed or what we're doing. Josh, maybe you can help course correct here because I've gone off script. Yeah, and I mean, Tim had some topic ideas that I'm sure we'll cover there. And was that... uh is Paul P's got to be Pitstaka. That's got to be like an avid listener. That's got to be, right? I, you know what? We, we won't know unless Paul P comments again and confirms the identity. There's a guy who we should get on the show. And again, I challenge Steve Delaney with this because, you know, Paul's a teacher. He's a dad. We're going to have to have an after dark episode or maybe a pay-per-view Garrett where he can tell the real stories because I don't want to put him on the spot because there's just so many ears and eyes watching the show that, you know, <laughs> we can't get the real experience. But uh, if anyone's got some stories, it's Paul Pitstaka. Well, what about Josh Collins? I think he's been PG. on the straight and narrow all episode two, and he's holding back. Now, I've got quite a few, but uh, i got to keep those. We we will forgive you for keeping it PG if you send this episode to all your students and they like, comment, subscribe. I mean, thank you so much. Yeah, <laughs> or, or he can do that and get us Lloyd Ball on the show. Hey, <laughs> can definitely, can definitely I mean, reach out. Okay, so Josh talked a little bit about numbers. How embarrassing is it, say... If you get a big name guest like Josh Collins and he comes on the show and the numbers don't move at all. Like, is that <laughs> like, is that like, where does that just crush the, like, do you tell the person like, Hey, it was a great show, but like, nobody cared. Like, how do you handle that? I think we have to reflect. That's a, that's a distribution issue. That's not a guest issue. Like the, the talent was there, Garrett. Obviously people just didn't get a hold of it because we didn't market it well enough. We didn't, you know, get it out to the masses. That's your marketing person right there. Yeah, I mean, do you know anyone, Josh? Because, I mean, we're in need. <laughs> it's you. It's, You're it's, hired. It's me? Oh, oh, it's you. It's Josh. You? It's, it's Josh. It's yeah, Josh. Josh, yeah. Which yeah, Josh, one? Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, this is how these episodes usually go, Josh. Hey. I mean. This is fun. I like this. Do you? Eh? I'm not as. <laughs> I'm not as. Sharp as you would probably like, I guess. <laughs> no, I think we just say that to everybody to try to really get them going. And yeah. volleyball people are just so nice. They're just so freaking nice. I would say I'm not the nicest guy on the court sometimes. I'm smiling all the time. But I love a good banter. I love a good chirp. Like you like when somebody chirps you? Absolutely. Like it feels good. Yeah. Like, yeah, so if I said, if I said, Hey, Josh, welcome to the show. You're the worst guest we've ever had. Like that gets you excited. <laughs> that might make me cry a little bit on the volleyball court though. That would get me fired. Okay. Up. So volleyball court specific. Okay. <laughs> got it. Got it. I see if I get, like when Alex I get chirped, Amigo, I have to ignore you're not it. like a, Oh, Hey, number seven, you suck. Like you want to have a conversation going the whole match. Like, no, just like some, some healthy banter back and forth. Like, you know, a big block kind of thing. Like, you know, when people block me, they get, they get pretty pumped up. So I like to hit a heavy, heavy ball. 
then I'm going to get so fired up because I'm going to demanding that set again from our setter right away. And it will not happen twice is my mentality. That's just and physics. Then, I mean, you hit that hard, you get blocked. It just it has to go down. Absolutely. Man. Yeah. I mean, it sounds yeah. like you're getting blocked a lot though. So if I'm the setter, I'm maybe <laughs> going away. <laughs> Well, no. So this is how the show goes, Josh. We get to the end and uh, we're not really sure how to end the show. We kind of usually stumble upon some stuff. So what did you think of the show? It was good. I loved it. Um, you know, it was well done, as they say. <laughs> all of them, as all of them say, it was well done. Expert, expert level lip service there, Josh. We appreciate it so much. My gosh. Good. This is going to be a new thing. I, I, I tried to warn you and you, you continued to be nice because you're a really nice guy and you came on the show, this stupid <laughs> show. But Josh, in future, we got to like not, ex- not tell people ahead of time and see if they continue to just be nice to us right. for no reason. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, well, all right. Man. You got any tips for us, coach? Because, I mean, you're a teacher, and, I mean, we're always trying to learn more. I mean, Josh Nickel would say that he's always trying to learn more. He's doing this volleyball show where he interviews people mm-hmm. and asks them for all their secrets under the guise of, yeah, we're doing it for a podcast. But, really, he's just taking Selfish notes trying gains. to be a coach. Yeah, lifelong learner, selfish gains. Yeah, absolutely. So you got anything? Yeah. You got any nuggets for us, Josh? Um, gratitude, daily gratitude. Um, you know, we all, most of us woke up this morning with two eyes and able to see and able to do a lot of things and to be in a position where we can take advantage of that kind of stuff is huge. And a lot of people, a lot of athletes don't take advantage of that. And it gets to the point where it's, I have to go to practice. I have to work out. I have to train. I have to eat well. But the moment you take out that word have and you insert get, you immediately change your life to a life of gratitude. I get to get up in the morning and train. I get to go to practice. I get to get better at this. I get to do these things. And when you can have that daily gratitude as an athlete, as a person, as a human, your life changes. And it's a powerful, powerful thing. And it seems like it's such an easy thing to do, but that inner dialogue and how we talk to ourselves, because you talk to yourself more than anybody else, right? Um, How you talk and how you continue each day when it comes from a daily gratitude side of things, it is so powerful and you're unstoppable. (laughs) I mean, small, consistent changes, boys. I mean, consistent changes. Did you write that down, Josh? Like (laughs) we didn't prep you beforehand for that, did we? No, no. That was on demand. I gave you a nugget, man. That was that was more than a nugget. That was a full golden bar of advice and gratitude from Josh <laughs> Collins to the sharp cut. Now, I did notice when you were mentioning the things that you get to do, you did mm-hmm. not mention that you get to be on sharp cuts because I understand that's probably a really tough thing to be grateful for. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's new. Now that it's done, it's like I get to be on. I got to be on there. No. Maybe I get to be on there again. Someday. Now that it's done. You can be thankful that it's over. Yes. I got yes. through that. <laughs> I got through that. <laughs> I am grateful that that is done. What great advice, Josh. <laughs> Thank you for that. I mean, we do forget that so much. And Josh, we often go, you know what, though? It is sharp cuts, but we get to chirp people on our show and nobody right. has yet really come after us. 
Right. <laughs> right. Nobody's right. really come after us. We haven't ruffled too many feathers yet. So, I mean, that's yes. a privilege. I'm grateful for that. I'm going to get Lloyd Ball to come on this show. And then he will let you have it. He will ruffle some feathers for sure. I love he's got he is the demanding guy on the court and I love it for him. And he is the nicest guy off the court. Well, see, that's a problem because we need a demanding guy in the booth on the he show give that to, you too. to really give us the gears. So maybe we'll say, hey, yeah. Mr. Ball. I mean, it's Mr. Ball. <laughs> I mean, there's no there's no way around that. We need a tongue lashing to get our act together. Cause we've been slacking for a while. I mean, you know, Josh getting, having babies and stuff like that. What are you doing? You're distracted, Josh. Okay. I was Both late for this Both episode. Like, terrible. I'm grateful that I have another clip to show at practice. Did you see how genuine and off the top of his head that was? That was amazing. I'm going to show this at practice. That's what I'm saying. Like, what? Like, are you kidding me? Amazing. I Wait. love it. I love it. That's how you think every day. That whole athlete identity, like, you know, I was that guy who was, you're the jock, you're the athlete of the year, you're the volleyball, you're the pro, you're the, you're this. And the best part of COVID is that every person got that taken away from them. And what are you left with? And I got to go through that a few years ago on that journey to figure out who are you when it's all gone, when that all that is taken away from you. And it's way more powerful. And yeah, I still get to compete and play volleyball now, but it's from a different standpoint, a different mental um, view of pure joy. Just love being here. Love that community. Love that the premier, uh, the one volleyball league has, you know, older guys like myself who can maybe still hang and bang with the, with the young guys. And you got those current pros who are looking to stay on top of the game. And then you got the up and comers of the university and college kids who want to look to that next level or, that family aspect of things and that having those communications with those different styles of athletes and different, different people. I love it. I love that. I I love going to practice. I think we need a photo of your workstation here, Josh, because I am willing to bet that your computer screen is covered in notes and talking points (laughs) all around because there is no way that this is not written down, Josh. You just, Oh, are you, you don't even, what? This is it, man. I You're just playing bocce on the side? <laughs> <laughs> I needed to bump it up a little bit, man. <laughs> it's right? only, all he's got is a bocce I'm set. So that hey, a short torso. The instructions for that bocce <laughs> set must be incredibly inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> My amazing. goodness. It's all code. It's all code. You know about code. <laughs> Well, amazing. Well, I mean, that'll do it. Josh, I feel like I should ask the question, say to people, hey, this is how the episode ends much earlier in episodes, because afterwards it always prompts some cool stuff from whoever we have on. As soon as I say, oh, no, the episode's going to end. They're like, wait, wait, wait. I have all these cool things to say. Good luck topping this one. I never got stuff in. Good luck. (laughs) Well, I mean, that is the end of the episode. We do have to end. So, I mean, Josh, thank you so much for being here with us. I am grateful that we got to have you on the show to tie it all in together. And I'm glad that our lives are going well outside of the sport, uh, except for Josh, who will never escape the sport um, completely. So, (laughs) you know, you're destined to be in volleyball all the time, Josh. So just get used to that. But thank you for joining us. Um, If you haven't already hit that subscribe button, five star of the podcast. Um, We appreciate you guys hit us up in the comments below. Um, We call us out like call us out sharp cuts. We welcome it 100%. We will read your comments out though on the show. So be careful, but uh, that'll do it for this one. Thank you guys so much for watching and we'll see you next time.